0: welcome everyone this is dan with the spiritual underground podcast uh coming to you from indoors tonight uh had an opportunity to have a few people come and uh come through the avenue of zoom uh people who are not local and this particular night uh with we have icy roads and and terrible conditions outside so uh even if i was trying to do this face to face it would be a less than ideal night to do that uh get on with the business hand real quick here. The uh, 12 step spiritual recovery is a book by James Christopher Cone. It can be found on Amazon. It is uh, uh, what I used to say, and I still believe it, but I have just kind of toned it down a little bit. The great compendium, the magnum opus of uh, the 12 steps. It is uh, a lot of uh, wise uh, teachers uh, that have done this 12 step program for a long time. It is the tribal knowledge that a certain, uh, we call it a lineage of sponsorship has developed. And Christopher is the, uh, one who took that, uh, that tribal knowledge and documented it and put it into book form. And it's geared towards, uh, those who do not fit traditional 12 step fellowships. Uh, I had a guy come in the other night and he said, you know, do we do, he was in the TSSR meeting and he said, uh, do we have to be sober to be here? And it's like, no, that is not really a requirement to be here. Uh, You just need to, you know, the the desire is to improve uh, the quality of your life. That's the, that's like the third tradition on in our, uh, in our group. So uh, that's 12 step spiritual recovery with James Christopher Cone found on Amazon. And we have zoom meetings and you're welcome to uh, join our mutual support group meetings uh we have a women's meeting on tuesday night a co-ed meeting on thursday night and there's a little face-to-face meeting going on in uh louisville also on sundays my little gig dtm woodwork you need any dtm woodwork handyman work uh i've just recently been kind of getting getting legit in that area and it's now a LLC and uh, putting together insurance and doing all the things that a real business is supposed to do under my uh, in the area I'm working so uh, if you need any of that in the local Louisville metropolitan area uh, you can email me at dan at dtmww.net and uh, I'm pretty easy to find so whatever channel you find me whether if it's through the spiritual underground podcast or if it's through Facebook or uh, you can locate me. So we'll get that out of the way and my guest tonight. So occasionally I throw out these calls and, uh, and, and it's a little bit like a boomerang to me. Uh, it's like grabbing a boomerang and throwing it out in the universe. And I, and I ask, you know, anybody that has a story to tell, I'd like to hear it. And I, I think all our stories are important, uh, forever. Uh, life's teachings have been told in the form of stories, uh, the Bible is a book of stories, uh, every ancient spiritual teaching, going boot, Buddha, uh, Buddha's stories. Uh, we learn from that. And I think the, the stories of, uh, of, of modern day and the people traveling today, uh, I've heard somebody say something about, you know, we have, uh, Buddhas and Pharaohs walking the earth today. Uh, all of us have some of that and, uh, in our, and our stories are important and I personally have a, you know, I draw from any ancient spiritual teaching that 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 I run into that strikes my strikes a chord in me. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, I I really relate more with people that are going through things right now. Things that happened two thousand years ago are a little tough to relate to. Uh, when I hear a story of somebody's going through something that I'm going through right now, or went through a couple of years ago. Uh, we're getting up into real time. so uh, it's a lot more relatable. So anyway, I throwed out the boomerang and, and asked if anybody would uh, uh, if anybody had a story to tell. And uh, Tiffany responded and she just reminded me a minute ago that that was eight months ago. I didn't even believe it. I went back in my time five so fast. Uh, I, I dialed up my my Facebook messenger real quick and did realize that our our contact was in June. Uh, and so I apologize for that delay.
1: Uh, oh no, you're good. You're
0: good. I, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, since I've had my, this sounds a little hody toady, but uh, since I've had my spiritual awakening time doesn't mean as much as it used to. I uh, know
1: that's
0: the truth. Yeah. Uh, so I throwed it out there. And like I said, this is primarily a 12 step recovery podcast primarily, but I do enjoy and invite and appreciate and want to explore all avenues, which people uh, recover their true selves. Uh, find their true voices. And uh I believe tonight Tiffany has a bit of a different story than uh than what is the uh the the typical stuff you hear on the Spiritual Underground podcast. And I really want to do that, explore and branch out and uh and just bring uh just bring some variety to the podcast. So welcome to the show Tiffany.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh so, and you you talked to me a little bit uh on the Facebook Messenger so I know just a glimpse of some of the stuff, but we'll get through the story as we do. Uh where are you from?
1: I actually grew up in Panama City, Florida. Oh, did I you? I was there for 22 years before I became like a little gypsy and I've lived everywhere since then. Oh,
0: really? Just a nomad. Uh Yeah. Here and there. Where are you at currently? Approximately.
1: Kentucky. Yeah.
0: Kentucky. Okay. Cool. Uh so how was your childhood? How'd you grow up? what did it look like?
1: Um, my dad had been really abused and was an alcoholic. He was not always in the picture. My mom was an extreme drug addict because she had been extremely abused. Um, I remember moving like 50 something times before high school and oh, wow. uh, it, it was some pretty hard times. There was a few good times. I love the water. My mama kept me in the water in the summertime. So that was great. But, um, both of them have passed on now. So I don't look at my childhood as bad. I look at it as it was the consequences of what they went through. You know, they didn't know, they didn't know how to heal. Like we do now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um uh, and that is one of the, you know, in the, the element I mostly deal with, uh, which is addiction and alcoholism. Uh, you know, that's the, the victims are the children and uh, they don't deserve it. And, uh, as I say on here, that that you know, uh, I run from a premise that we uh, most of us are spiritually sick, and by that I mean that our spirit's been stepped on, and that we've had things happen to us that shouldn't happen to us, and uh, we don't know how to uh, deal with that stuff, particularly when we're children, and uh, that's what the 12 steps and many of these other programs I believe it ultimately is is to heal that spirit.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Come back to it. So uh, just carry on with a uh, little bit about what, <clears throat> how things roll out for you.
1: Um, so basically, you know, I was in little cocaine parties growing up, loud music on the weekends. Um, you know, we didn't, we were alone a lot of times as a teenager. We'd be out in the woods alone and mama'd be in town and no telling where daddy was at 11 years old. So hmm. like we were having to fend for ourselves, basically. Um, I ended up.
0: Do you have siblings? Moving
1: out of- yes, I have three and three. Three brothers and three sisters.
0: Wow. So you had a pretty good little tribe there to uh huddle with um, while all this was going on. Only no.
1: one of them lived with me. Oh, okay. And she was so mean, it wasn't no cuddling going on. Uh, dang. <laughs> she was real mean. Um, so then like I was in honors classes in high school. I was taking college classes in tenth grade. I got a scholarship by the summer between tenth and eleventh grade. I graduated in eleventh grade, everything's going great. And then, like, the year that I graduated, my dad had got killed, and it was like everything went downhill for me, like, emotionally and spiritually. I wanted out of that town. I want gone so bad. I couldn't help it. But then I ended up, at 22, I had been held hostage for four months. And I was beaten. I was raped just about every day. And I had my daughter out of that situation. So, like, after that happened, PTSD happened, complex PTSD, not just PTSD, Oh, I didn't know what it was for 10 years. I struggled. I was cutting my wrist. I was, uh, taking ecstasy, you know, cause that was killing the pain. I was, um, having sex with random people. I didn't care. I just wanted to feel good. You know? Yeah. Um, was this I sure a, didn't want anything.
0: This was a, a relationship that turned into a hostage thing or were you, it, it
1: was, it was a beginning. It was one week into knowing the person and we were trying to talk. So yeah. Um, he had asked me for a ride and the ride was like an hour up the road. So I was like, yeah, cool. You know, we can do that. And as soon as it, as soon as I got there, my car quit, quit running miraculously. Huh. But uh, yeah, that day it was pretty much like I wasn't leaving. Wow. So yeah, wow. I didn't want anything to do with men. Like I didn't want a relationship at all.
0: Okay. I was so, you, okay so you weren't really looking for a relationship is more just an acquaintance friendship. Somebody needs some well, help.
1: No, no, me and him were trying to have a relationship. I was trying to be with him. I did. Okay. I had just met him. We were, we were into each other and he asked me for this ride and I get, he, I gave him the ride and I just, I couldn't leave for four months.
0: Was that in Florida?
1: Yeah. Great Okay.
0: And uh, so he physically held you, like locked you up kind of.
1: Literally locked me up, grabbed me by my hair after he told me to leave, chased me through the yard and pulled me back in the house. Like crazy psychotic stuff.
0: Wow. Was he older than you or same age?
1: He was younger than me.
0: Younger than you. He was wow.
1: bigger than me. He was a lot bigger than me.
0: And this was when you were in, you said 22. Is that what you said? I
1: was 22. Yes. I ended up having my daughter on my birthday when I turned 23. Wow. Uh,
0: was somebody looking for you?
1: Um, He wouldn't let me use my phone. And um, the people who had been in my life at that time, they weren't really uh, good friends. They were people who basically did drugs and i didn't do drugs so we weren't really close but my mom knew where i was and she didn't know that i was basically being held against my will because he had made me call her and like you know smooth things over
0: let's see so uh yeah so she had no she just thought you were shacking up with some dude
1: (laughs) yeah basically
0: wow um how did you get out of that
1: He wanted to go to Panama City, believe it or not. And I was like, you can't take me to my hometown and expect me not to leave. Uh, And so basically him and his friend wanted to go to Club La Vila and he rented a hotel room and told me to stay in the hotel room. He thought that he had that much control over me that I would just stay there. And I, I left. I left that room while he was gone at the bar.
0: Oh, in the place where he had you, were you physically restrained where you could not leave?
1: No, 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 no. He, um, he wanted to go from Graceville to Panama city.
0: Yeah, I understand. But I meant during the four months before you got away, did he have you physically restrained or uh,
1: no, 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 no. He didn't have me in, in ropes or anything. Okay. No, I was, I was basically like a slave to do everything around the house and be controlled. Okay.
0: And so then he takes you down here and, or wherever yeah. uh, location wise and, uh, up down yeah, the, and you know, I always think of, uh, City, uh, I always think of Florida is down and Minnesota is up, uh, <laughs> it's not, yeah. so, uh, and then I guess he figures that he had, uh, like trained you enough that to, by that point that you wouldn't scoot on him.
1: Yeah, basically. And I did, I left as soon as I could. I knew at that time that I was pregnant and, um, I was like, if I don't get away, then he's going to kill me and my kids. You know, there was one night when I woke up with a knife on my neck while I was pregnant because he had a nightmare that I had killed him. Like it was, it was crazy, dude.
0: Um, It just, uh, my mind's going a hundred mile an hour on how that, <laughs> how that all can like come, come out, how that can happen to somebody. Um, it's crazy. So it just basically had you had you as a slave, so to speak.
1: So there was two other people in the house too. Another man and another woman, hmm. where he kept me, yeah. And she was being controlled by the other man who was helping control me too. So it wasn't like I just had one person on me in a house, it was three, making gotcha. sure I wasn't running and things.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh is there is there any more to like I I I am a little bit, you know, I'm not sure about how far to deal de- dig on that or uh or there was
1: uh, a lot of a lot of abuse there was a lot of mental abuse there was stockholm syndrome there was um rape for some other sexual things with other people um
0: was was he was he a drug addict
1: i believe that he was on some form of drug to do some stuff like that i honestly believe he
0: That'd be the only thing that makes sense to me too. I can't imagine, right. I mean, but but there are just right. crazy people out there too. That don't need well, any he, substances. He so. also
1: told me at one point that, um, that he was in a gang and he had like, in order to be initiated, you know, most of the time they got to do crazy things. And mm. he like had to open himself up to demons on Halloween or something. And I don't know how true that is, mm. but he looked pretty demonic to me. Huh. So
0: just pulled a band off my finger. Pardon me. Uh, You're good. Yeah. So uh, as you escaped, what did you do? You were actually in your back at a hometown.
1: I was in my hometown. My mama knew everybody. So like I went to her best friend's house and I told him what happened and he helped me. Um, so basically I had ended up getting income taxes while he had me kidnapped. Right. And that was something he wasn't going to not let me get. Cause that's money. And I was claiming kids. So it was like money, money. His aunt had a car and I bought that car. That's how we got to Panama City. Um, So I took that car. He didn't take it to the club that night. His friend drove a truck. So I took that car straight to my mama's friend's house and sold it so that he couldn't find me in it. And um, they put me in a room, like a little hotel room for a while.
0: So they just like put you in a safe house, sort of. Uh, Yeah, pretty much.
1: And I ended up eventually go into Louisiana where my mom was.
0: Yeah. Did you uh you didn't call the police? You didn't do any legal action over what this dude I
1: didn't want to see that man again. I was so terrorized I just wanted gone. I wanted fate away and that's what I got. Wow. He's not on her birth certificate. He's he's not in her life. He's he's like n- nothing to us.
0: My daughter just come home. She can go over open the garage door. Uh the door was locked. Um so you did end up leaving and moving to, back to where your mom was in Louisiana.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Louisiana was a brand new state for me. I had never like lived there. It was wild.
0: Wild in what regard?
1: Uh, well, they sell liquor in every convenience store and they have drive through daiquiri shops. So it's very easy to become an alcoholic in that town, in that state. It was wild. Yeah. Mardi Gras all the time.
0: Well, wow. I've uh been to New Orleans one time and I spent a little time in uh Venice, Louisiana, uh duck hunting and fishing a long time ago. Yeah. Uh down north. and what I was told was Venice was the uh furthest you could drive a car south in louisiana from there on out you had to have a boat if you wanted to go any further oh, south wow in
1: you was way down there in cajun yeah, it was, now.
0: W- was way way down there it was a heck of an experience
1: um i was in um uh, livingston parish which is is pretty close to like new orleans
0: yeah yeah new orleans that's a definitely a different culture down there uh completely the uh definitely. between the cajun stuff and the whole atmosphere around new orleans itself uh so it's kind of, you know, I don't know why you strummed this, uh, brain cell in me, but, uh, you know, in Indiana for the longest time, you couldn't buy liquor on Sundays, yeah. uh, and, or beer, either one. Um, and it's just been not, since I've been sober, did they change that law when I was still drinking, I'd have to drive to Kentucky to get liquor, to get something to drink on a <laughs> Sunday. Uh, and you'd think you'd plan better than that, you know, uh,
1: Yeah, because like Saturday, you should know you're going to want something on Sunday if you want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's there's a thing with alcoholism that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you think you had enough. And then when you wake up on Sunday, there were not near as much left over as you had planned to have. Um, I don't uh, really
1: like to drink.
0: They, uh, you know, me either anymore.
1: (laughs) I do it. I ain't saying I don't do it. I just don't like the feeling that comes along with it. I don't like the feeling afterwards. Yeah. I like to have a couple drinks here and there instead of like getting wasted like I did back in the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the core difference between somebody who's alcoholic and who's not. And uh, you know, you somebody like me can't just have a couple drinks and uh, right. I'm, I'm going to end up I'm going to end up wasted once I start drinking. Um in Indiana right now, and I think this law still is the way, but this ain't the way it's obviously written, but uh if you sell cold sodas you can't sell cold beer and if you sell cold beer you can't sell cold sodas so if you go into a, like a liquor store here you can get a two liter of warm coke and all the cold beer you want to if you go in a gas station you can get a cold coca-cola but you're going to buy a warm beer <laughs> that's
1: crazy uh,
0: who knows how uh, I've always said Indiana has a uh, um, unbelievable uh, capacity for making goofy laws
1: um, <laughs> Oklahoma. Um, so I was in Oklahoma. I moved there after my mom passed away last year. She died by October 1st. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, in 2019. I keep forgetting it's 2021. 2019. Yeah. She is much better off, dude. She's good. I promise you. I am not hurting over her no more. Good. So um I was in Oklahoma and they have a wild law that is women can walk around topless. And it was fought because men walk around topless, and the men were like, Well, here you go. You can be topless too. Huh. Um, you don't see it though, nobody does it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I've also had a little experience in <laughs> Oklahoma too, but uh, uh, I don't remember uh, uh, witnessing any of that.
1: <laughs> no,
0: so uh, what happens when you get to Louisiana?
1: Um, I meet a lot of my family that I've never known. Um, I find out that most of them are racist, so my kids can is half black, and so that didn't work out very well. I ended up going to Alabama for a while and I basically moved like every six months for like the last 10 years, pretty much. And it's been really wild. It's been a great journey. And like, I dealt with the PTSD thing for a while because I didn't know what it was. Right. And, and in Louisiana, back in Louisiana, I finally snapped in 2017 and ended up going to the mental hospital for like suicidal thoughts and stuff. I was like, I'm going to take myself. I'm going to get help. And that's when they put me on the pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. I will not take them anymore ever again.
0: So, uh, would you say that you, uh, you went through this traumatic experience and then, you know, didn't know what to do with that. And were having uh mental and maybe even physical too. uh, I
1: was, having flashbacks. I, was I was having nightmares. I was angry, so angry. And, um, I would throw myself out of bed. I hit my head on the dresser and had to go to the hospital. Like it was bad. So
0: throw like, you mean actually was self-harming type throw yourself. Uh, I was
1: I was in a nightmare in, okay. in my sleep and threw myself out of bed okay. and hit All my right. head on the okay. dresser.
0: Yeah. You had mentioned some self-harming a little while earlier. I, 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 did. I,
1: I was cutting myself for a while. So after that, I ended up going back two more times before I actually realized that I had,
0: I had a chance to take control of my life. Yeah,
1: they so actually, they, the last two times I was there, it changed my life. That's where yeah. I learned about the 12 step program and all of so that. So did
0: you, uh, so you, you went to this first time and they put you on, cause that's the, that, if you, you know, <laughs> there's some other saying it says, you know, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I kind of think the pharmaceuticals are that way. You know, that's that, you know, uh, you got a problem here, try some of this. Oh, well, that's not yeah. working. Try some of this
1: they so had me on seven seven at one time seven depakote um oh what's that one i ain't gonna be able to remember them all klonopin xanax they had me on everything yeah, i
0: had you on the benzos that mm-hmm. uh
1: um, we
0: we know how bad those are uh yeah. i've always told her that they're basically uh uh alcohol in pill form basically um and, you know, Hardcore, the, yeah. The two, the, the two things that you know can actually kill you from detoxing are is alcohol and benzos benzodiazepines those are the two things as i said you come off heroin you might wish you were dead but you're probably not going to die but those two things the actual detox the withdrawals can uh, uh, can be fatal
1: your body gets so dependent on those chemicals
0: yeah so you uh so I guess what for a while now, now instead of having the, uh, whole, um, untreated symptoms going on and I imagine that's terrifying. Now I've got a bunch of treated symptoms going on and that's every bit probably as uncomfortable as the untreated. They
1: basically told me that I was depressed from the time I was age five, like because my childhood and everything I've been through, they, um, they made me feel like I was bipolar and, and they like, I don't know. They told me there was everything in the world wrong with me. And then, you know, I took those pills for a year and a half. And right before my mama passed away in August of 2019, I came off of them pills. I was like, I'm not taking them anymore. I'm good. So my mama stopped. died and I was good. Yeah, I just stopped them. Um, so basically, I believe in manifesting. And I had someone tell me, like, try this. And I was like, what What are you talking about? And they said, um, just quit claiming it. Quit telling people I have PTSD. I have depression. I have this. I have that. Start saying, you know, I'm healed. I'm happy. I'm good. I'm blessed. And that's exactly what I did. And it changed my life.
0: I I I fully believe in uh, in that power of thought. Uh oh, yeah. You know, I have a speaker I love listening to, and he he talks about this, uh, like he says, uh, I don't have alcoholism. Alcoholism has me, you know. And as long as I continue to claim it, and I hear some people talk about that in the 12-step rooms that don't want to identify as an alcoholic anymore you know, they're tired of saying hi, I'm Dan, I'm alcoholic because they think they're just continuing to like stay in that rut by claiming yep. that. And, and I, yep. and I, and I understand that side of it completely, uh, flip side of it is, is that like, I continue to say it so that when newcomers come in, uh, there's an identification element you know, so that's what you end up, right. you know, losing you know, on the other side. And so uh, like so many things in life, you know, the pendulum swings both ways and the thing is to find some balance. Yep. So you just decided to quit, quit doing them and then started. Did you have any help with this thought process thing? Um, I mean, that's awful. You know, one thing we find in like in my circles is, is that um, I don't have much luck in making any big changes in my life by myself. Uh Like we have a mentor system for the most part that, that really helps you
1: yeah I definitely had help but I had help from the spirit world oh I um picked up tarot cards in March of 2019 started shuffling them had somebody teach me how to do it and work with my spirit guides and so instead of I didn't even read for me I was doing this to bring in money for my family and um working with my spirit guides they started talking to me all the time they were always with me I was doing this every day and I was gaining knowledge through the readings that I was giving other people you know, and then I'm, I'm heavy on my intentions. I make sure that whenever I do a reading, it's with good intention for the highest good of whoever I'm doing it. So, um, with that, and then with taking all of the pharmaceuticals out of my, my body, um, I watch what I eat sometimes, sometimes I eat what I want to eat. It just depends on how I feel. I'm not going to kill myself to not eat a hamburger. If that's what I want, that's what I want. Um, well, like I said, and now, balance. now, at this point, and I'll have to tell you how I got here. <laughs> I'm totally psychic now. I, um, I can do readings just like that without cards, without anything. My magic manifests in days. Um, I don't work with my spirit guides anymore. I work, I go straight to the universe. I like, see the, the darkness is my, my, um, that's who I channel now. It's who I work with. So like in learning all that I've learned, I know that I am the universe. I'm not my spirit guides. Really. I am the universe. I'm all. So I, that's basically how I work now.
0: I can, uh, I can relate with that. I mean, that's pretty way, much the way this oneness thing of, uh, we're not all separate. We're all, you know, directly attached. It's that, you know, that's get spirit getting stepped on is what detaches us, uh, yep. from that power, whatever that is, uh, because I, I know that's what's been running right my life the last six years. Uh and and I listen to it. I get I, I hear things and I can have things, notes dropped in my path is the way I kind of say it. You know, they're not really yes. physical notes, but they're but knowing. it's a sign
1: for you and you get it.
0: Yeah. They're knowings, you know. It's like something I just all of a sudden like you know, I know and now the thing I can do is I can I can ignore them uh if I want, you know.
1: Uh
0: yep. and and uh most of like this podcast specifically and, and other, some other great stuff that's happened in my life is, is that kind of thing where I just uh, stumbled across something and picked it up and read it and said, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and and, yeah, yeah. and took some action behind, you know, moving in the direction that that told me. So explain a little more about where you were going there with. Uh...
1: Okay. So um, I met what I call my twin, my twin flame after my mom passed away the same month, dude, it was crazy. So um, I had always wanted someone who was spiritual in my life who could help me grow spiritually, get me. So I believe that when I went through what I went through when I was 22, I had some sort of darkness attached to me. Um, whether you want to call it dark energy from what I went through, or you want to call it a demon or whatever you want to call it, right? I believe that's what had me cutting my wrist. I believe that's what that that crushes on your soul that keeps you from knowing your light, right? So um, we started exploring psilocybin mushrooms, and I took like six heroic doses of these things. Um, I experienced death like five times. I've, I've like walked in heaven with God. Like I've been to hell. I've experienced everything there is to experience as a soul in this lifetime. I've um, I <laughs> I basically asked the the galactic council of light for the keys to the akashic records on mushrooms standing next to Metatron. Like, this shit's crazy. Excuse my language.
0: <laughs> oh, we cuss um, but in But the here.
1: mushrooms, oh, okay. The mushrooms, they rewire your brain. They heal you. They allow you to release your trauma. They allow you to, I no longer have flashbacks. I no longer have um, nightmares. I no longer have any of that. But I have insane psychic powers. I have a, a way of making money as soon as I need it. You mm. know what I mean? I can manifest instantly. So, like, with that, and I smoke my weed. Don't get me wrong. I haven't overcame um, human abilities yet. I still get anxious sometimes when I don't have weed. I, I get angry sometimes, but it's okay to know that we're balanced. We're dark and light. We're not going to ever just be happy forever. You know what I mean? It's about making it through those hard times and not going towards alcohol to make you feel better Yep. or any other substance.
0: Yep. Uh, Buddha says life is suffering and uh, we're going to have that at some, at some level, it's, uh, what you do with that. Uh, right. Well, we're here one, for
1: experience and that's all experiences.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, uh, fell in a little bit of a rabbit hole, uh, of listening to, uh, soldiers talk veterans and, um, you know, and again, I kind of think that's that same thing as where I feel like I'm pointed that listening to these guys for a while, because you know, you're going to learn something.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I
0: have picked up a lot of this stuff. A lot of the, uh, one thing I've been talking about lately is a lot of the team aspect of what people who have gone through combat together, the brotherhood and the bonds that are formed there. Uh, and, and I feel that way with a lot of my recovery brothers, it's a similar kind of bond because we've been battling a different, you know, a different war. And, right. uh, and so, but the other thing is, is that a lot of people, uh, like I list a lot of special operations folks, and they have come back and, and are going places, uh, either like with psilocybin or some of them are going down to South America and doing the ayahuasca, ayahuasca. And, uh, yeah, and, the DMT do and doing I'm that kind of stuff and, and having, you know, because they have been through the similar kind of or not similar, but, um, and then when, when I say similar, I mean like a high level trauma, the similar levels or well, not, not like similar kind, but that is to have your buddy's head disappear, vaporize while he's sitting next to you. Uh, you know, I'm getting blown, you know, that stuff is some heavy duty yeah. trauma. Uh, I don't yeah. care what kind of badass soldier you are, you know, uh, and and they're they're fighting, you know, really struggling with coming back to uh to some kind of reasonable life with with that stuff on their in their backpack, and uh, and they're claiming a lot of progress, you know, people are swearing by it, you know, that they're I
1: swear by it.
0: I've, I have taken a lot of hallucinogens in my life uh, and had some really trippy. I mean, you know, that's the word, tripping. But uh had some very uh, spiritual-feeling experiences. Uh, but, like, the problem was is that uh, I was on multiple substances most of the time. And I had no idea what I, you know, I wasn't doing it for, you know, for that purpose. Uh, right. So, so I don't really know what to do with it. it when I got it.
1: Yeah. Every time I did it, I held my little mushrooms in my hand and was like, all right, y'all going to teach me something today. Show me what I need to know. <laughs> like I was talking to him. I made intent. I went in it with intent
0: so is that something that you continue to do in the same realm or was it like most of the time i hear these soldiers they're usually going to have this like this one big spiritual experience and then you know then and moving past it with that not not a continued use thing
1: i choose to to do it um when i have them i've done it since so basically from december 2019 to june when we talked right before we talked i had left my ex um, I had done it like six times. There was multiple substances used. I was on vodka a couple of times while I was on mushrooms. I was um, on some, some speed at one point and on mushrooms at the same time. It, um, I do, do plan on doing meth? mushrooms. Yes. It was like, so the relationship I had, I was a sucker and and I like bent over backwards for dude, right? And Did everything that he wanted me to do for him in order for him to be happy, which is not how we're supposed to live because it, it nearly killed me but like yes we would do that and then we would do the mushrooms like um we would we would be on that for a couple of days and then we would do the mushrooms coming down and um the mushroom part i always looked forward to you know the other part was was hell he actually ended up being a um a person that i brought a very bad side out of and um when i had left him and we talked it's kind of probably good that we didn't do the podcast when it ha- when we talked because i don't even know what i would have said then i've grown so much since then it's insane
0: well, uh, I and do I've, believe there's uh, talking la- the other night when I had an opportunity to speak at the Women's Healing Places that watching uh, the universe's timing is also amazing how things uh work out in the time they're supposed to most of the time so I don't doubt for a minute that there was some block something was going on that said no not right now
1: yep. I was all about love and light and there was no darkness in that time it was all light and um, I learned over the last seven, eight months that you can't live like that. You have to, you have to embrace your emotions and your dark side and your shadow. You have to be able to deal with who you were so that you can change. So like the situations that I've been in, this is something that's really important to me. And I feel like it's important to a lot of people who've been through trauma. Um, I take full accountability for those because number one, except for my childhood, you know, that's aside from that, I'm not so much hurt from my childhood anymore. Like I, I understand everything that happened but when it comes to me being hostage and me in the situation that I was in with my eggs um, and it was abusive physically and I ended up going to jail and there was guns drawn and it wasn't beautiful at all. Um, I took the step that got me into those positions. Um, no, they weren't right in what they did to me, but I take full accountability for the fact that I was even there to begin with. Does that make sense? And that, that yep. takes like a huge weight off of my shoulder and, and it makes me know that now I can trust myself make the better decisions for
0: me and my kids yeah well in our you know when we do a fourth step when we lay out it's a that's uh uh taking the inventory of our lives the fourth column in the fourth step and the way that i'm taught to do it is uh looking at my part you know looking at what did i do You know, and seeing that, you know, because even sometimes, you know, and I know uh, I feel funny saying this, but I believe it fully is that even if something really bad happened to you when you was a child, you are somewhat at fault to carrying that around as a heavy item all your life.
1: Yeah, Uh, you're not supposed to carry guilt.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that I think there is a little, you know. I really hesitate using the word choice because it's the way the universes work. I'm just not sure, you know, sometimes that I'm making choices, but to make the choice to carry that and play the victim all your life, you did.
1: Yes, that's you did it. do
0: that, you know, and, and my part might be that I've, you know, and, you know, maybe I get it out every time I have some kind of position because I, you know, if something happens, I can say, well, you know, uh, see, I, this happened to me, you know, and, and, yes. and, and that justifies why, I've, you know, and, people play the card the victim card over and over again so i understand I'll totally never the be part about anymore yeah my favorite saying uh some guy said uh you know and most of what i say in this i've uh, learned from somebody else i uh i am no longer on the bottom of the victim pile
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i will no longer ever be a victim i forgive him fully like we're actually on 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 like speaking terms um i <laughs> retrograde i love retrograde right brings the exes back every time so like we connected and instead of like falling in love again we, i was like look i take full accountability for everything that happened i'm responsible and like totally squashed everything that we had between us and now we like i can email him if i need to and he can email me so
0: this is the ex the most recent the
1: yes eight, eight yes. months ago the or whatever
0: recent. Uh when yeah. you say retrograde <laughs> explain what you mean
1: Mercury retrograde so basically when mercury appears to flow backwards in the sky it brings up all your shadows and all the cycles that you're going to be tested with right um and it's it started like the end of January and it goes to like February 21st so like basically when people are all in their feelings and crying and hurt and being impressed with people who come from the past tested in this time they're being asked, "Is this what you really want? Is you're asking for this? Is this what you want? Are you healed from this?" You keep saying that. Let's see if it's really true. So then, like a female that's crazy about this dude, he'll message her in the inbox, and she'll go sleep with him. And I'm like, "That's not what you were supposed to do in that moment. You were supposed to make peace. You were supposed to move on." Like, basically, Mercury retrograde shines a light in everywhere that people are healing and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do or brings back a karmic cycle if they don't do what they're supposed to do. Hmm.
0: I hear the terms. uh, I hear that talked about, but I don't, you know, it's not an area I've uh, got that I have any experience with.
1: Um, I don't know too much about astrology, but I I follow the retrograde and I follow the moon cycles. That's when I do my magic on the new moon and the full moon. What do you mean by doing the magic? Oh, I do magic. I do hardcore magic. I do spell work. (laughs) I do candles. I do, um, um, money, spells, I manifest. I like I've done jars for myself where I've activated ancient DNA, my psychic abilities, like different things to enhance, um, soul connections in my life. I also do magic for the collective, like everyone that will accept it can, can have whatever I'm doing, money, spells, prosperity, whatever it is.
0: Uh, what would one of those look like now? I mean, recently, spell yeah like the walk me through what that i'll show you a
1: jar okay um so basically uh, uh, i do custom spells i've never really followed another person's magic i do my own thing um i i basically like for the jars for myself i put blood in there i put um a spell that i actually write out on paper roll it up and seal it and put it in there i cover it with wax from a candle that i put intention into basically i do magic through the quantum realm um, quantum physics says everything exists in the infinite. Now we just need to jump timelines, basically. Um, so every bit of magic I've ever done is basically working in this moment. Um, I do a manifesting checks. I have a whole bottle of, uh, a manifesting check where by the end of this year, I'll be getting 10,000 a month off of my, on my own personal business. Wow. And like, yeah, every time I do a sell for another person at work. I did a weight loss spell. The girl lost 50 pounds.
0: So when you say a manifestation check, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. So that what's that um, like writing a check for myself in the future?
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, basically. So Jim Carrey did it. He did it. um, I think that's where he wrote a check. Yeah. He wrote a check and he cashed it like 1995 when he did dumb and dumber on like the date of the month that he had wrote it, wrote it for. It was in his wallet for five years yeah.
0: yeah it's like a million dollar check or something wasn't
1: it yeah it was something like that yeah jim carrey who i learned from him and morgan freeman oh really mm-hmm. i am god i am all
0: um i do truly believe that we're getting set up and and I, I say this pretty often that i bend my reality and sometimes i'm wondering if i'm not selling myself short in that department like not reaching far enough uh, yeah,
1: that's what I had thought before I did the ten thousand dollar check. and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna go for the gold here. Uh,
0: so so what I'm hearing you say is that you're like you're getting ten thousand dollars a month from doing that.
1: If the, yeah if the if and the spell will work, my spells always work. i I give myself until December to be making ten thousand dollars a month.
0: now. You're putting some action behind stuff that's just not showing up while I'm laying around in bed all day.
1: Nope. I own my own business. I work all day from my phone. I do reading. I'm working on getting a sponsor for a shop. I got I have a website. I'm also an author. I write. Um I have a whole blog on WordPress. Oh yeah. Um mm-hmm.
0: where would people find that?
1: Divine Truth and Magic, Magic with a K dot com.
0: We will uh, we'll put some stuff in the show notes of uh, some of that for people to be able to find if that's not a uh, work with me. What, what um, Facebook write.
1: won't let you post it, but that's okay. I kind of spammed them with it when I first made it, and they're kind of like, it's spam now. I can't post it on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. You but you can access you it, right?
0: right? Yeah. But just for, yeah, you know, I can access it. I mean, yeah. here in the last, uh, anybody can access is where I was going with that. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, that's been, uh, a whole thing too about all this uh social media um censorship
1: censorship yeah, i yeah. was trying to
0: come up with a with a term they don't like what you're they don't like what you're uh selling they'll shut you down
1: yeah and they also don't like the the spiritual community like we're, we're giving people their power back and their light back and and like i don't feel like it's something that facebook really condones
0: yeah i have a uh, lot
1: of friends that are being censored too
0: i've seen a bit of that uh around around my neighborhood too but uh um i can't i was trying to think of a of an example but I, I um uh i can't think of something um so what's a day of work look like what's that mean would um, <laughs> that's all new to me
1: um so i basically wake up in the morning and make sure my kids up for school and then um smoke weed, connect to the universe and make my intentions for the day. Like if I plan on making money that day, I'll set my intention for, you know, bringing in money. Um, if I plan on just promoting myself, I'll work on Facebook, sharing things all day and comment and you know, spreading my name. Cause my main profile is like where everyone sees me. I have like 22,000 followers on that profile. Um, I have a page, it's got 500 likes. I don't really mess with it too much. I have a group. I don't even really mess with my group too much. So like I'll get on my my page and basically like pretty much pimp Facebook and I'll I'll um uh, I'll comment on every single comment or every single post for an hour, bringing in all those extra people to see my status because if you interact, that's how you get the yep. people to follow you. So like um and then I'll do like I'll take the dollar sign out of my post and use the USD and that way more people see it. Like just um basically I sit around and smoke weed all day but make money. Huh. <laughs> Listening to spiritual wrath in my ear and doing readings and healing. I do reiki too. Reiki. Do reiki.
0: Yeah. I am familiar with that. I have a number of friends that are uh Reiki masters and uh, I'm not so-
1: a master. I'm a Reiki three practitioner. Are oh,
0: you? Yeah. yeah. Uh and I won't promise that they're all masters either. They're you right. know, I've got <laughs> friends that are different levels and some of them are masters. Uh that's definitely something that touched me early in recovery is uh there was a uh friend had a um spiritual festival and uh just a one-day thing and had a lot of different uh reiki was one of them you know walking labyrinths um you know that's where i was turned on to even stuff that's as mainstream now is essential oils and crystals and uh that kind of thing but uh the the reiki and the uh what you know when they used a pendulum mm-hmm. um which started your chakras and all yeah when that that started opening me up you know because i would have poo-pooed all that stuff f- for most of my life uh in in, it's f- particularly the 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 sensations i had during reiki uh you know blew my mind and i yeah take an opportunity. And that's kind of something I got on the shelf too. You know, I, I look at, uh, our, my 12 step program teaches me to continue to grow, to continue Mm -hmm. to find things to, 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 to do that, that grows my spirit, enlarges my spiritual life. And, uh, and I think Reiki is one of those. I think that's the, you know, the, um, or step 11 says to, uh, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with, uh higher power and uh so and it also there's a line in there that says uh i think it talks about doctors and psychologists but it also says in practitioners of various kinds you know and that that you know, that book was written in 1935, and I don't think Bill Wilson had any idea what he was talking about when he said. I don't think I know they were doing Ouija boards and things like that. They were doing some things that were out of the, you know, out of the norm at that point. Uh, which you know, I wouldn't say that's still norm, but it's uh, more. It's not as taboo as it once was. But, uh, you know, I look at that as like yeah, Reiki and one, you know, uh, I practice yoga and I find a great deal of, uh, spiritual connection with my body and the universe while I do yoga. Uh, and so Reiki is on the shelf as when I feel like I need to pull another thing off and, and grow, uh, it's sitting there.
1: So it was really wild how everything happened right when my mama passed away. Like I met the person who changed my life completely through through the actions that happened while we were together. Right. And then um I also got my first Reiki attunement that same month. So like, and then my mama, I believe when she passed away, a lot of negativity passed with her. Like a lot of a lot of her drama and her her trauma died with her. So okay. like it was like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog going through some loops with me at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you said there's, you met the person that changed your life. I heard you say that.
1: My ex, my ex who, uh, who we did the mushrooms and all. Like he, he basically changed my entire life.
0: Through chemical intervention.
1: And love. He, he, uh, he loved me more than anyone had ever loved me, but he also hated me more than anyone could ever hate me. So, huh. um, you know, that love though, I needed it in the time. And because my mom and dad had been so traumatized, they didn't have that kind of love in them, you know? And it was like looking at an angel sometimes when he held me. Hmm. So, um, yeah, he changed my life completely. He really did. I still have love for him, but I can't be around him. (laughs) You ever seen Hancock?
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: With Will Smith, Hancock?
0: Nope. I'm not much of a uh, movie or TV or any of that kind of guy.
1: Uh, (laughs) I do not watch TV anymore. (laughs) Never. Yeah. uh, One of the things I've never liked.
0: Yeah, I did, but, uh, I've told, told this story a couple of times on here too. Uh, what my, you know, the big catalyst for my life change was, uh, I was, I was breaking in houses, stealing pills and I got caught and, uh, and I was looking at a pretty good prison sentence for, for a while. And, uh. I changed, you know, my trajectory was changed and, uh, I started walking this 12 step path and I ended up, uh, just doing a year of home incarceration, but that ankle bracelet is expensive. It's like a hundred dollars a week. So yes, yes. A hundred dollars a week when, you know, you think, you know, go, okay, well I'll take home incarceration. And I remember my lawyer saying, can you afford that? And my head was saying, I can't afford to go to prison, you know. So
1: I will afford,
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. Uh yes, I will afford I will
1: it. make it happen. <laughs> uh, but I, I really didn't
0: happen. know what he was talking about until you know we went on down the path. And it was another one of those things that the universe uh provided for me. You know, I, I never had a problem paying for that. Uh I ended up getting sentenced to a year and I served nine months, and after nine months, uh they they let me off of it. But uh I can't turn off the gas. I can't turn off the electric. I can't, you know, I can't save any money in those places. But the one place I could save money off was turning off the cable TV. Excuse me. And uh, so, uh, and that was hard. It was another kind of addiction kind of thing where I had to went through some withdrawals, not having TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, A point in this direction because that big black TV is still hanging on the wall right there. (laughs) It just hardly okay. ever now once in a while we'll sit down and watch a movie or you know i'm not like yeah. totally but uh I, I turned off the tv and it was one of the best things i ever did for myself was uh unplugging off of that thing
1: so i learned um that tv and like the reality shows and the different things the emotions that a movie takes you through or a 30 minute show is very unnatural for humans on a regular basis this is how we end up with bipolar disorder in some people i'm not a doctor but I know that it happens in some people It, rewires it you you. lack of, cont- huh?
0: It rewires you.
1: Yeah. You lose, you lose control of your emotions. You lose like, and then you get fear, fear driven stuff.
0: Yep. Yeah. You watch too much news and you watch all the, what they're, what they're, what they're selling you in those areas. And, and you know, you can, we can use anything like a, uh, like dope you know uh to some extent i'm doing dope to numb my feelings you know and mm-hmm. uh Brene brown says uh you know i can't numb the bad without numbing the good you know right. So i can't really numb one and not those numbing agents are not uh specific for certain things so uh you know i sit here and you know almost now i like picture you know sit here with, a you know, orange Cheeto fingers and just drooling out of the corner of your mouth, staring at the TV, you know, just under right. its spell, you know, and spend hours in front of the TV. And I, I, I used to do that. And, uh, uh, i got better things to do with my life. It was like, what today. were you
1: doing with your life? Huh?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it, that, uh, it's a little bit of the culture thing, you know, and, of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, here's what you do, you know, you go, you go to school, you go to high school. Most, you know, and one of the avenues is you go to college and you get a job and you get married and you have a couple of kids and someplace along in there, you've bought a house and you furnished it with a big TV. So you work hard all day for these slave drivers and uh, you come home and you're so mentally exhausted from dealing with them that all you have left really tonight to do is sit in front of that TV until it's time to go to bed. And I get up in the morning and I do it all over again. That's our uh, repeating that cycle. We've been uh I think to some extent uh we have been conditioned to that. And um, you know, in 12 step spiritual recovery, there's a big chapter in there about how things program us. Just like you know, it doesn't say, I don't know that it says this, but I'll say this you know, just like uh, the way we train a dog or, you know, Mm we, we get, you know, we give them these rewards and we condition them to do what we want them to do. And, uh, you know, advertising a great deal of uh, money goes into advertising to get us to think the way they want us to think. So I need the new car and I need the big TV Mm -hmm. and uh,
1: the $800 iPhone that's coming out next week (laughs) when mine is just fine.
0: Yeah. yeah, uh, Yep. Always had to have the next best thing. And, you know, doing that deal where you're going to a pl- where you're spending all day in a place you hate uh, so that you can make money to come home and pay for the things you don't need. And, and I, you know, in recovery, my cycle was broken of that. I, I worked for a company here in Louisville and I don't disparage them at all because they gave me a very good living while I was in that cycle uh, for 28 years. I worked for the same company and, uh, um, wow. um I remember my sponsor told me some things and you know, he's a bit psychic too, I believe. And uh, he had made some predictions now and again, and they weren't like he said, okay, I see this. But you know, one of the things was I would talk about my job and being, you know, this is probably what I'll do the rest of my life. Cause I'm kind of dead ended here and I can't make this kind of money doing anything else. And he said, you work these steps and you have this awakening and, you know, don't, don't, don't put a limitation like that on yourself. Uh, you, you won't be working there all your life if you don't want to. And, uh, you know, and I couldn't let go of the security post though. You know, I can, I picture myself like in a hurricane with my arms wrapped around a telephone pole and the wind has yeah. got my legs blown out horizontal and I know I should let go, but I can't, you know, my 401k, my health insurance, my, mm-hmm, you know, really all that. Crazy. And, uh, and I'll be damned if that company didn't lay me off you know, they did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And right? in, in uh, March of 2019, they laid me off and, you know, and I'm God, a... that
1: was the month.
0: <laughs> was it really?
1: That was the month. It uh, happened to a lot of people, dude.
0: The, uh, also the, the, the weekend that I, after I got laid off, I graduated, uh, it, my yoga teacher training class, my uh, and so I graduated as a registered 200, uh, 200 hour registered yoga teacher. And I, I definitely looked at that. And you want to talk about that psychic stuff, you know, cause I don't poo poo any of this. You know, there's a piece of me still, uh, the old train Dan that still has, there's still some closed mindedness in in me and, and it's, it's something I have to like consciously battle uh against so like when you're talking about the psychic stuff you know there's a piece of me wanting to say bullshit right uh, <laughs> yeah. but there's also a piece of me that's not you know and uh I got laid off on a Friday morning and the Thursday before that day at work something told me uh to do a couple things and one of the things I did is I sat on my work computer and I moved all my personal files up onto the cloud into my cloud drive. Yep. All the stuff that I, all the, all the stuff I've been storing on my computer at work, (laughs) I pushed them up onto the cloud and I also packed up every single one of my personal belongings off of my desk that day and took them home with me.
1: Wow. And if if somebody,
0: I would not going to tell anybody that I was doing that at the time because they would think I was crazy. Right. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody this is what I'm doing. Right. But, uh, I'll be this the next day, I didn't have a job and, you know, they'd have let me have my personal belongings. They'd have let me come. Right. Cause that's what they said yeah. to me. You know, well, you can meet us here Saturday and, uh, we will escort you to your desk so you can get your stuff. And I was like, well, screw you. Cause I don't have to, I took all my stuff with me already. And I heard, you know, I could hear the pause in her, you know, when I told her, well, uh, I took all my stuff home Thursday night. And, uh, but they wouldn't, they would not have let me on that per, on that computer that, that computer, was not yeah. going to happen and uh yeah, so, so i uh it, it would have been gone um you know that's just one little example there was another example i have my hold this men's retreat and uh every may and like uh the big one was a couple of years ago we had 32 guys but usually around 20 25 guys and we go down and spend the weekend at this place that i got in the country i got this awesome place in the country and uh at where you live I live in Southern Indiana and this is in Orange right, County, yeah. Indiana. Uh, okay. My dad, my, my dad, my brother and I built a 20 by 20 foot by 40 foot log cabin in
1: 1999
0: oh, nice. uh, on, on what is now 54 acres in the Hoosier national forest. And uh, so uh, things come around, I end up having this retreat. Uh, May will make the eighth one this men's retreat and people look super forward to it you know and everybody's already asking when is it going to be what's the date so i can make sure and take off that we you know be free that weekend, clear it with the wife or whatever and uh i was down there when we had the big one and we were in the middle of the spotty night meeting so everybody's sitting around and you know we're in tune when we have those meetings together we're, we're all you know there's some there's some energy going on you know and Most people, I don't like to get up and leave the meeting. I don't even want to have to go over and pee. You know, I want to stay in tune and attached and connected with this energy that we've got going on when we're doing these, having these discussions. And uh, something just hit me. Go check your phone. And we don't have any phone service where we're at either, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, there's, you had to drive up on top of the hill to be able to call out. And, right. uh, but I also have in my head, you know, people who are supposed to be here and aren't, I worry about it because it is out in the boonies, you know, and people can't find it and all that. And, uh, something told me to do that. And I drove up on the four wheeler up to the hot spot up on top of the hill and called a guy. And, uh, he happened to be in about a 200 yard spot leaving. He, he had got lost and he'd come and he didn't think he was where. So he already blown the whistle and he was going to go home. He was heading home. And I caught him in that I just happened to call right when he was right where he needed to be for me to catch him and turn him around. Because if he'd have went over the hill, he'd have been out of service for a while again, and I wouldn't oh, have wow. been able to get through to him. And uh, wow. and if he would got far enough out on the road, he probably wouldn't have turned around and come back. You know, if he'd have got halfway home, uh, he wouldn't have. But that, that you know, I, and and I, there was just, an, I called a nudge from above just tapped me on the shoulder and said, do that. No different than whenever I was uh, uploading those computer files or taking my belongings home. And that's just two examples I can think of where I listened to that. Uh, I listened to, but if you want to call it God's voice, the universe, whatever you want to call it. uh, I don't get too hung up with with the words people use when they're talking about it because I think it's all the same. It's just the, right. it's just the grunts and the noises we make out of our mouth that, that the way I explain it, you know, uh, I, I remember that's a-
1: specifically the first time that my psychic stuff hit, um, I mean, where, where I wasn't like on mushrooms, <laughs> I was carrying groceries and I had the thought in my head that I was about to drop some bags and everything was going to go flying. And so I like, stopped what I was doing. And I grabbed the bags better and I kept going and like, I changed reality, I guess, <laughs> I paid attention to it. And ever since then, like, I just, I always follow that initial thought whenever I'm doing something.
0: Yeah. I think we have some connected intuition and part of my, you know, um, again, it's just the words we use. And in 12 steps, we call it a spiritual awakening. Uh, since I've had the spiritual awakening of being aware and in tune with these things, uh, I think I've always had it at some level, but I was, uh, I ignored it you know, I just, I walked right past find it. it again. So what kind of psychic stuff do you do? Do you, what's, what's that? Cause you know, those are, you know, you can say that, but what do you right, really yeah, mean yeah, when yeah, you yeah. say that?
1: So the word psychic is like, say, for instance, we weren't on video chat. I wouldn't be able to tell you what shirt you're wearing. Right. But I can tell someone if they're going to lose their job. I can tell someone if they're pregnant, I can tell someone if they're sick, I can tell someone if they're going to lose a family member to death. I can, um, I, I have like kaleidoscopes that go on in my head when I close my eyes Are you know, most people see black, right? I see colors, all I kinds of beautiful colors. Yeah. You're awakened. Then that's what that is. Your third eye's book. Um, basically I can connect to pets. I can talk to pets. I can um, connect to any object. I can read any energy. I can read eyes and faces and tell you all about someone. Um, I mean, pretty much. I have the cog, all the clairs, the cog, cognitive, the, I don't hear things like audibly and I don't see ghosts, but I can connect to a ghost spirit and their energy and, and have medium readings. Um, I mean, I basically all, everything.
0: Um, yeah, you. What I, when I normally have 12 step, podcast you know people say things i call it a bell ringer because they've Mm -hmm. said something that pinged me you know uh and when you said the kaleidoscope thing uh i instantly related to that that uh that feeling i've never really voiced it and i never gave it a lot of uh I've, i've never gave it any real attention um I really need to see people's eyes when I'm communicating with them too. If I'm gonna really have a Sorry. decent if I'm really gonna have a decent uh conversation with somebody, I gotta be able to see them at some level. You know, I've done I have another tool here where we can do this completely through audible, you know, and we wouldn't see each other. We'd just be talking to our computers and can
1: you not see me uh, well?
0: You no, know, I can see you. No, but when we first got on the thing, you know, you had your video turned off and that was something I didn't really want, you know, I was like, uh, can we turn that on? Cause I need that Mm -hmm. connection when I'm, when I'm connecting with another human, uh, I need to be able to see your eyes. And you'd said something about looking into people's eyes and that, and I, Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I feel, I feel, you know, one of the things I know is that when I walk around in the general community, I feel like I'm in the show, the walking dead. Now there is one show that I, my sponsor and I watch together just for entertainment, uh, and, uh, that you walk around and it appears like, uh, a big portion of the population are walking around like zombies. There's no light in their eyes. Uh, they're, they're just like on autopilot. You know, I'm going to get the macaroni and cheese. I'm going to get the paper towels and, you know, you just see this automatic thing. Uh, and a lot of times when I look at people and see them, if they catch me looking at them, you know, if they see that there will be a, like almost a uh, one or two reactions. One of them is either like um, there'll be a spark hit them, you know, like they've looked at somebody whose lights are on and they don't really know what they're looking at or a repelling like, uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't mm-hmm. want that. Don't look don't, at me. Don't come into this. Don't come into my aura. Uh They, they don't want whatever energy I got. They don't want it. Yeah, it's so. because
1: you have a light about you that shines in places that people, people know they need to work on themselves and things like that. But I don't bring think bring they,
0: they, they, you say they know there's a knowing, but they don't really mm-hmm. consciously register that.
1: Yeah. No, their soul. Yeah. Their soul knows. Yeah. There's
0: the whole you know, we look at this thing called alcoholism and I like to look at it as this like parasite or this computer virus kind of thing where, you know, it hijacks our operating system and, you know, and it keeps us in the dark, we, you know, it keeps us asleep. That's the opposite of the spiritual awakening. It keeps us spiritually asleep uh, when we're in the throes of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, um, that's why we started doing this 12 step spiritual recovery for anybody Because that's the whole, the whole point of the 12 step program is to give you a spiritual awakening and get you connected with this power. Uh, that, that is the reason you do the steps, you know, people think, uh, you know, when I first come, I thought I was doing it so I could stop drinking, you know, and that was part of it. But the the real underlying thing, the real purpose, and even Bill Wilson says it in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, the purpose of this book is to get you in touch with a power greater than yourself so that you can improve the quality of your life. You know, he doesn't say that's not that's not a quote, but uh, it's it's pretty dang close to that. And. uh, Over and over again, he talks about having this vital psychic uh, experience that awakens your spirit. Again, that's a paraphrase. Uh, of what the actual words say. And he says it a, a bunch of different ways. Um, and I am really interested in just how awake my spirit can get, so to speak, you know, uh, I manifested this wood shop and this woodworking business that I have, you know, the podcast is another one of carrying this message. I never yeah. thought I would be doing this. I never, you know, there was a little bell that went off once about, you know, kind of, like I said, I tripped over a note on the ground and, uh, picked it up and started walking with it and put some action behind it to, uh, to make it move. You know, that's the other thing. Uh, and I, I want to get into that a little bit more with you on this. Uh, you know, you don't get to come and do this and then just sit on the couch either. I mean, I I, right. I, pour, I pour a great deal of my life's energy into making these things happen. Uh, you know, right. I don't, I don't, that might be a little bit weird about making them happen, but I have to take that, uh, that same guy that talked about the parasite and, uh, computer virus kind of angle on the darkness. Um, he also calls this body that we're walking around in the action figure, you know, this is the thing that can move around and do things, mm-hmm. you know, it's really not yeah. me. It's,
1: it's the yeah, no, manifesting is half action. Yeah
0: so you have to do something behind it. And, uh, as you were saying, as far as these, uh, manifesting, these paychecks, um, you do that through, uh, your psychic, uh, Mm -hmm. what do you call it? Your, uh, business. It's
1: basically my business is called divine truth and, and magic, divine truth and magic. Um, I basically, I do Reiki healing for people. Um, so I do the psychic readings and the the spell work. You right do now the reiki
0: me. both local and distant?
1: I'm working on getting a shop where I can do local. Okay. Right now, right now, it's
0: right now it's just distant because I've seen that happen too. You know that people do reiki yeah. on somebody, you know, without being in proximity to mm-hmm. one another and still have it happen, have it work. Yeah. Uh, I work
1: totally from from my phone right this second. So I right. pay every bill that I need to pay. Every everything is money comes you, in like crazy.
0: How do you market that? Just through Facebook um, mostly.
1: For now, yes, I have um I've started a LinkedIn a while back and I'm going to download that app again and work on it. I um I also market through my website. I market through um, a platform called MeWe. You know about MeWe? Mm-hmm. It's basically like Facebook but they don't censor you at all. You're able to. I have um, Instagram as well. Um I'm starting a TikTok like I'm trying to outsource away from Facebook.
0: Yeah. That's a definitely. That's another interesting angle. Is the uh, I don't really I don't like the marketing aspect of social media. It's not that I don't like it. I, I don't like to participate in it. You know i don't like to go out and market myself uh you know i released a podcast last night of me talking or this morning actually of me talking and it's hard to you know promote me uh i find the same thing in my woodworking business it's hard to promote me Uh, i think it comes down to this thing that we've learned that you know this this learning to value myself Uh, and it really is hard to i can't imagine i make tangible stuff and i fix your thing you know what I mean? Like if you have a broken door that's not working right, I go fix a tangible so that when we're done, we can look at it and you can pay me money for that thing is fixed now. Or right. I build something out of wood and I give it to you and you exchange money to me for me giving this to you. But like in your realm, things aren't that tangible.
1: Nope. Uh um, and you, you know pay somebody me ahead can- of time and then I give you your services.
0: Uh, I would think that would be terribly difficult to market.
1: <laughs> uh, it seems to market itself. I I don't even really try. I have really? faith that the universe is gonna bring me the people that I need and the money that I need and weed that I need, and it does. So
0: Yeah. Uh I don't doubt it, you know, and but I have trouble like I said, I have trouble with the tangible and uh the intangible. Uh I had a I huge can't...
1: issue with putting a money value on my product.
0: Yeah placing
1: five
0: dollars placing an actual value dollar yeah that's that mm-hmm. certainly I struggle with uh placing value on the things I do too um and you know the 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 vast divide of the human race and what somebody will give five dollars for in a heartbeat and somebody else will never uh that uh you know I I give somebody a fix up for somebody and I tell them a hundred dollars and they tell me I'm working too cheap. And the next guy comes along and I tell them a hundred dollars and they think I've asked for their bank account number. Uh, It's. It's a. And then you got
1: to think, do you bend and sway for that person? Is this the time when you're like, well, let me work with them. Or am I going to stand in my value? Yep.
0: Yep. And there's times too, you know, that, you know, I look at somebody and, and I truly know they can't afford it. So I do the job for what they can afford.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, what is your budget for this fix? Okay. I'll do it for that. Uh, but that's part of that idea. reading people, you know, and having a trust that I'm looking at somebody that truly's not, you know, somebody that's not taking me for a ride. Right.
1: It's the trust that you put in yourself by reading that person.
0: Right. You were getting ready to say something else.
1: I don't remember what it okay. was. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean it's to gone now.
0: derail you. I got. No, you're good. Um. So. How busy are you?
1: Normally getting messages all day long. I take Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday off. I leave those days for me. Uh, right now I have. 12 messages that i need to read um i uh i I tell people you know they can message me whenever but i usually work monday through friday early friday not even till like two um going live really helps me a lot but i have a kid too so i try to balance the most Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to constantly be working i don't want to get caught in the trap of constantly working i want to enjoy the now and i have faith that i can do that and still make it
0: I try to put some boundaries yeah. up in that direction where I don't work weekends and you know, I break that once in a while because somebody's schedule just where they're not available. I like, well, I'd rather come on Saturday morning than come on in the evening. So, and my evenings are generally booked up. I'm either doing a podcast or I've got a, a, a meeting or a TSSR meeting, or, I'm, you know, I've got something going on in the evenings. So I, I don't want to, um, uh, there's another thing I've said it a whole bunch lately. Uh, if we said it, we said it back when we were drinking and doping, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Uh, I find that's true today, too, is that if I keep doing what I'm doing, I keep getting these um, miracles in my life. Um, that's another one of my buzzwords is that uh, I have a list of miracles that have happened to me since I've come into recovery. And uh, and I keep adding to that list and I want to keep adding to that list. You know, I have that's, a
1: couple of miracles I can tell you about um one of them was really wild actually and it happened in October I had posted on Facebook but Facebook miraculously deleted it um I basically was astral projecting while I was awake to help save someone's life who was having an OD and overdose it was really wild it was super it's super insane and um I mean through this lady who messaged me she was like I need you to connect to him they're telling me to connect to him she was talking about her guides He was like 800 miles away from her, right? So I connect to him and I I saw him. Like he was all foggy and unclear in the brain. And to me, that means he's having a drug overdose. He's really confused, having a stroke, something bad's happening because there's no clarity there at all. And so like, I called up some prayer warriors and we got chains going with prayer. And then I, I felt really tired. And when I felt tired, I was like, well, maybe if I just take a nap, I can astral project to him. And I can see what's really going on. So uh, I laid down. And this is the first time I've ever heard a voice that wasn't mine. And this lady told me, close your eyes. And I was like, whoa, what? So I did it. It was like I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. So I closed my eyes and I saw like a great tornado. And it went straight to this dude, um, this tunnel. And he was laying on his back, basically having an overdose. So I ran up to him. Like my soul just jotted to him. And I uh, gave him CPR, like, I don't know. And then, come to find out, like four weeks later, she had talked to him, and he was in jail, in his cell, having a drug overdose that night, and he survived it.
0: Wow! Do you know CPR?
1: Uh, yeah, I was a, I was a nursing assistant okay. for like twelve yeah. years.
0: It's like that. Uh, this could be a whole other angle. Uh, just curious. On, yeah, I know my, it's a funny detail, but uh, yeah,
1: this happened too um, on October thirteenth. I remember uh, because it was my dad's birthday. That was that was his, his birthday. Um, I had been asleep. And I remember I was like going upstate. That's all I know. I was going upstate and I was up, up, up. And then wherever I was, I was standing on the grass and there was like a river in front of me. And there was snow everywhere. And it looked like there was a, um, it looked like a railroad track covered in snow, right? And when I looked out, I saw a woman holding a baby in the water, pulling somebody else out of the water. So like I rushed down there, right? And I'm like, give me the baby. I'll come back and help you. And I grabbed this baby and he's like tiny and naked. And I was just like, okay, as soon as I get this baby over there to that van, I'm going to go back and help her. And I woke up three days later, something kept telling me kind of like with you tapped me and was like, look that up. I have the leak in my phone where on October 13th up in Illinois, upstate Illinois, there was a three car wreck with a semi truck and the woman and the other person, there was the baby, the baby survived, but the woman and the other person died.
0: Wow. That, that blows my mind
1: that's just wild dude that was a dream that was totally a dream but the other part i was awake yeah the powers we possess as human beings are insane dude
0: well, yeah you've always heard of these like physical responses for a long time you know where some mom is able to lift a car or you know these mm-hmm. things like that um and i do hear about these stories you know and again there's a piece in me that wants to doubt it right uh, oh, yeah. But oh, there's I also a piece of me that yeah. wants to be open to it.
1: I mean, it's just an experience, whether it really happened in somebody's reality and I saved them or not, it was an experience for me that blew my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who has uh, bumped into these opportunities to truly like into these emergencies and he's, you know, to save these people's lives in recovery, you know, like he, some kid was drowning out in the ocean and he saw it and he swam out there and got him. And, uh, and, uh, somebody had, you know, there was a car crash and he had pulled up on it just right in time, you know, and, um, and he sees things, you know, that, uh, there's a story where he was talking to on the phone to a guy who was trying to get out of the house, but he couldn't find his car keys. And this guy over the telephone told him where to look to find them, and he they were there.
1: My roommate can do that. She can tell you where anything is.
0: Well, that is uh, definitely uh, getting into some new area for the spiritual underground podcast. But the name is uh, is right, I think. Uh, that's one of the things about this um uh, see the spiritual underground is the name of my aa home group the men's oh, okay. group that i that i that i got sober in that's how i you know and i look at that as a miracle too that one tuesday night i fell in with this group of men who ultimately are somewhat uh responsible for the man i am today uh before that you know that's that was right after my uh uh, my arrest for that uh, last break, break in, excuse me. And, uh, and my life took a whole different trajectory once meeting these men. And, you know, some have come and gone. I have the same sponsor that I've had since I met that group. Then when I started this podcast thing, uh, you know, you got to have a name for your podcast. Right. And, uh, and, for whatever reason, you know, it hit me and landed on me that, you know, that particular phrase spiritual underground was, uh, it had had that impact. So I, you know, called this the spiritual underground podcast and, uh, and we really do, uh, we're a bunch of us are tapping into something that the rest of AA is not experiencing. <laughs>
1: yeah, Definitely. Uh, definitely. So I,
0: We're manifesting uh, things in our lives that, you know, um, frankly, if I go around and talk about this too much, you know, you got to be careful who you share this stuff with. Uh, You know, if I if I walk up to a newcomer in AA and I get my miracle list out and I'm going to go through it all with him, uh, it's going to be too much for him to believe he's going to run like it's like it's a cult or something. You know, it's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be feeding you with a fire hose kind of thing. Uh, so I do find myself having to step lightly, uh, but, um, uh, my confidence behind a lot of this is, uh, is growing, uh, cause I feel a little bit, I don't feel a little bit, I feel a whole lot. Like, uh, I got it you know, in AA, we say we have to give it away to keep it, you know? And, and most of that is in the, in the realm of just staying sober, right? That's what we're talking about. But I'm finding, and we're in this group of guys I'm with are finding that, you know, it's bigger than that. You know, this realm of the spirit is really the got to give it away to keep it. Uh, uh, it's just gone. You know, I came to AA to stop drinking and doping. We're going to interrupt this broadcast to do just a little bit of editing. I had a, we both took a bathroom break, and uh, the continuity really didn't flow when we picked the mics back up once we returned. So if you will just uh, allow me a little grace to uh, have a abrupt stop and start, we'll be back to the conversation. Thank y'all.
1: Do you know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is? Yep. Sure. I've learned so much from him. He's uh, helped
0: a lot. My girlfriend, Holly, is... Uh, has went to uh at least one Joe Dispenza meditation thing.
1: Oh cool. And
0: uh yes, you got a a lot out of that also. Uh definitely uh so you know our step 11 says sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God of our understanding. Um, and so meditation is a you know uh all I like to say that, like I found that these 12 steps are not, uh, all a cart. Uh, I don't really get to pick which, if I want the whole enchilada that that's being offered to me through the universe, through doing, working this program. Uh, and I don't, you know, I I say program because I want to be real careful about that, that, uh, I don't think it's a program or or that, but it's a, it's a, it sets up some guidelines for me to operate. You know, it gives the, uh, I say, you know, whatever it was, the second or third grade, whenever they handed out the book that uh, taught you how to be in life, how to do this thing called life, I must have been absent that day because yeah, I missed a too. bunch of it. Yeah. And uh, now with these 12 step principles, I have a way, I have a guideline on how to operate with. And, you know, and like I said, it served me very well for the past six years when I've been doing it. So to get back to that, uh, the a la carte thing, I, I don't, some people go, there's a, there's a thing around 12 step circles that people will say, well, uh, I just can't meditate. Uh, you know, my mind races, blah, 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 any other number of things. And, uh, and of course that's what said, that's why I meditate because my mind races and I need to settle it down and slow down and connect with the source through meditation. And, uh, so we, uh, my circle was, uh, uh, big proponents of meditation to say the least. So what 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 about you and Mister Doctor Dispenza?
1: Um, So I don't meditate on a regular basis, but I try to every. I guess I do. I say I don't, but I guess I do every night before I go to sleep. I meditate myself into sleep. Me too. Because I have a really hard time relaxing. So I basically hypnotize myself into going to sleep. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, I
0: I can turn myself off like a light switch. I can take yeah. I took a nap so, right I took a nap right before this podcast cuz I wanted to recharge a little bit and I don't I don't spend any time getting to sleep. I turn myself off at night when I'm done for the night and in the middle of the day if I want a 20 30 minute nap or whatever. Uh, meditation has allowed me to flip the switch and turn me off.
1: Yeah. So basically like how you were talking about the cycles with um getting up and going to work and coming home and you know go, doing the same thing over and over again. Um, he says that humans 97 percent of humans repeat the same thought on a daily basis and so like in order to actually change your life you have to physically meditate like, you have to focus on what it is that you want to bring into your life and then you have to get up and walk towards it basically the same stuff you were saying he's teaching like worldwide
0: yep um there's a little saying that we uh... Praying is talking to God. Meditation is listening. You know, if I do all the talking, you know, if I'm still sitting in a conversation here with you and I do all the talking, I'm not going to get much. Uh, and same thing in my, in my prayer life is I connect with the universe and, but sometimes, uh, the meditation what, uh, there's some like, um, almost like purely mechanical reasons I find meditation is beneficial to me because I do suffer from a racing mind at times, you know, I want to, and most of that is getting into places. I got no business me in like, uh, you know, uh, that living in the now, right. Usually if I'm either worried about something that already happened or I'm worried about something that's going to happen. And, uh, so, uh, just slowing down my thought, process allows me to like travel lighter just because i'm not like uh so when i was drinking and doping i would wake up at the very last minute in the morning start the coffee jump in the shire basically jump in my clothes grab the coffee and out the door as fast as i could go i left the house like the tasmanian devil you know you know who the tasmanian devil is Okay. Uh, I'm wondering when they, if I'm wondering if those cartoons are getting old enough that people were, well, I'm going to talk to people and they're not going to know yeah, what no, I'm talking no. about. I, uh, I
1: was, I was, I was a teenager in like 98
0: or 99. <laughs> um, yeah. I was a teenager in 85 or something.
1: Uh, wow. I was born in 86. So
0: yeah, I was born in 69. Um, but meditation and getting up in the morning and taking a moment purposely to slow down and to connect with the source in the morning. Uh, You know, that little step allows me to change the whole pace of my being through the day, you know, because I would do that Tasmanian devil trick and that's the pace I would carry all day long. And it would be stressful as shit and exhausting. It would just be yeah. exhausting. Hell, I had to have 12 beers. Get up and hurry. I, I had to have 12 beers when I got home from work to, recover from all that chaos all day long uh right. and so it's 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 some level you know there's a lot of what's going on is has been a reprogramming of of me you know mm-hmm. uh, and i was said earlier about that training and that programming we get from things like ads on tv the programming we got coming through our education system uh if you happen to get programming if you came up through a religious uh um community, you know, we get all that programming that none of it's mine. I'm, I'm carrying all this stuff that I've been taught. Uh, frankly, most of it I find today was faulty programming <laughs> and, uh, 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 I've, I've, through meditation and this recovery process, I have reprogrammed my operating system to something that actually works now. You know, because my old one did not work. My old one got me looking at six to twenty year prison sentence. <laughs> uh,
1: right.
0: Um, you know, this programming is manifesting me a self employed life, a ton of like true friends, and uh, and and a way to carry the message. And you know, so I'll take this programming over that old programming all day long. And I think just to circle all the way back, meditation is a way to reprogram yourself.
1: Yeah it's like your little prescription pills that you don't take in the morning time
0: yep it is Uh,
1: maybe each one of those pills is a little program in itself that people take in the morning time and at night yeah that's crazy yeah interesting You, you talked about a church life uh we used to go to church we were talking about my childhood. I was actually molested in the church by a man who took us to church, took all the kids to church. Uh, him and his son molested me and my sister. Um, so growing up, you know, we didn't go to church. Now I'm a high priestess and an ordained minister. All right. I'm the top almost the highest you can get in the witchy world and an ordained minister. How about that? Like, yeah, I'm not religious by any means, but I'm I'm all about sharing universal love and And healing i believe everyone it's so stupid to me that they make the the reiki symbols are are a secret everyone should have access to reiki everyone should know how to do reiki on themselves you know that should be something that's universal
0: i agree yeah um you know that word religious has gotten contaminated you know the word in Mm -hmm. itself is not a problem right it just got contaminated by humans that are you know uh right yeah uh not operating on the realm there should there's nothing you know because if we boil down religion like really like what is christianity supposed to be like way it was designed to be it's a beautiful thing it's just gotten contaminated
1: well uh, i love jesus jesus was the man he was
0: yeah, all about love. Right. yeah i know, see i had a he, when i got here i had a big block about it you know uh I, I, I had i had set up a block on that but you know what i say i learned from all of this Every I don't say all, but I try to draw from all the ancient spiritual teachers, and damned if he wasn't a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a practitioner, dude. He, he knew his stuff.
0: Yeah, you had to wonder, you know, some of that, you know. Um, I also look at this whole spirituality aspect of, uh, like I said, I think it's all the same. I think right, there's yeah. one. And, you know, people in, that grew up at one part of the universe, not universe, but like this world on one piece of earth, they were taught to call it a certain thing and they had certain beliefs around it. And, uh, and if you grew up in another part, you know, it was before cell phones and all of this, you know, you couldn't talk to the people on the other side of the world and say, Hey man, what do you call it? Uh, they're right. naturally going to call it different stuff, but you know, there's like cave, there's cave, uh carvings you know on opposite sides of the world expressing the same idea way before we had any kind of you know
1: that's
0: where we've evolved to connection where we
1: work in and, there
0: yeah right you know that can't happen if there's not something to this right that's that can't weird. happen these people on opposite sides of the world are not going to be expressing the same thoughts on cave walls if there's not some kind of connection in there uh, uh you know because that, that throws out the whole thing about it being completely taught to us um and you know it seems that different people like so if 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 spirituality is a box a package it comes in a package okay uh it's everything that no matter what the box looks like and all that what's inside of it is at the core is the same power the same uh energy uh, but like, it seems different people need it tied with a different bow, right? You need a pink bow tied around yours. I need a green one. He needs a blue one. And inside it is all the same, but the dressing on it is different. Does that make any sense? That Because mm-hmm. like, I can't hear it. You know, if it's tied with a, if it's not tied with the color of bow I like, I won't even open it. <laughs> uh So, like, it has to be delivered to me. And uh, 12 steps delivered my spirituality to me for whatever reason, whatever color or bow that's tied around that is what got in. You know, that was my, the door, the portal that, yeah. that where it opened for me. And other people had their own portals. Right. I think right. one of the best things about, uh, the whole another 12 step thing that is a fundamental principle of the 12 steps is, uh, your own conception of higher power, your mm-hmm. own conception. You yep. know, we're not, we're not laying ours on you. Uh, and, and you get to form it up and form your connection, uh, on an individual personal basis. Uh, the world would be a much better place. Go ahead. So like
1: I'm going to have a whole ministry. I'm, I'm like revamping the whole funeral thing. It's no longer going to be like a funeral in 10 years. We're going to have celebrations of life. I'm going to have like a whole building where I do like Reiki healing on these people when they lose family members on other people. I'm going to have like a whole ministry and my ministry is going to be universal love. It's not going to be any kind of anything else. And we're going to accept everything. If you're Muslim, you're Christian, anybody you are, whatever you believe, you can come here, you know, with respect and share the same love with everyone.
0: Uh, truly non-denominational, truly,
1: yeah, truly non-denominational. Yeah. The, the people around Both here that call different. themselves
0: non-denominational. When you see that around my region, they're, they're still, there really are Christians, but yeah. they say non-denominational.
1: So I was baptized at like 19 in a river in Florida in the water. So like I I've experienced that I've read the Quran. With respect to the religion, I, I did eat pork. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't smoke weed. I wore the thing. Like, I did all of that while I read that book. Um, I've studied Buddhism. I've, I've, I have friends who are teaching me about uh, Hindu. Like, I wanna know all of that too. I wanna draw from all of it.
0: Yep, I try to. Uh, I know I, that's the other thing. You know, I, I really like this idea that there's no finish line, and I don't like have to be in a hurry to like absorb it all as fast <laughs> as possible. Uh, no I, I've, limit. Got, I've got it's the rest of my that. life yeah there's no
1: but limit. this is done it's free time if you want
0: that uh that limitless there's another you know and i know i keep on banging on this but it is my it's my it's my core uh operating principle and i'm gonna read you uh, a line out of one of my very favorite things here, it says, uh, he may not see it at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life. It insists on giving away the entire product. That's out of the, that's out of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'll read it again. He may not see it once that he has barely scratched a limitless load which will pay dividends only if he minds it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product.
1: All right, explain this to me. Explain that. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's a scratch in this
0: thing of this opening up this door and this portal that we are connecting to this source of energy that will provide for us for the rest of our lives. And when we first get to the door, we're just barely scratched the surface, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but we can feel it in our hearts and in our souls that something is here. You know, this is, this is the direction I need to keep on walking. Uh, And the fact is, is that we, it will pay dividends to us for the rest of our lives. As long as we continue to mine it, we continue to, you know, can't rest on our laurels. We still have to continue to take these actions you and I have talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also be willing to give it all away. And that's what opening up other people's the, giving it all away really, re, not, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, this is not a money pile. This is talking about this is a spiritual, right. love. Knowledge. This is a spiritual about love. knowledge. You're right.
1: sharing knowledge with other people.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that is a couple lines out of Alcoholics Anonymous, a couple of my very favorite lines out of there because I think that. Says so much more than what uh, people understand it to say. I think it has the. I think it has to do with this uh, breaking into the spiritual realm.
1: Yeah, that's like everything I know and all the stuff. Like I've walked the other realms, you know. I know what what spirit world looks like. I, I've experienced it for myself, and I know nothing, dude. I know absolutely nothing compared to what's out there. I'm not even a grain of sand on the ocean compared to the the universe, you know.
0: right yep yep you know and uh and just to throw a different angle you know you use that about like how small i really am in the universal scheme of things and what what spiritual power and what life energy i have in me uh i'm going to use it to bitch about who's the president you know, it's like, but, how worthless is that? You know list. what I mean? I know <laughs> no. that's what I mean. And, you know that, That's just left me completely, you know, the right. kind of the worldly clamors uh, don't get any of my life energy anymore.
1: I got a roommate to watch the news. She lets me know what's up. <laughs> I'll keep a track of my weather. I, I, I don't really get involved with,
0: yeah, yeah. I watch weather because I work as a handyman out in town, and I like to know if it's going to rain on me if I'm doing an outside job and that kind of thing. Otherwise, I'm not really too concerned about it.
1: Right. I want to know when it's going to be snowing, but sometimes I like to wake up and see it, so it's cool. Do
0: y'all get some? I
1: go with the flow. Huh? Yes. Like three Uh, days ago, and then I think there's an ice storm coming.
0: Yeah, we're we got the ice now. It's. It's not as the kind of ice that it could be, uh, at least not yet, but uh, everything iced up this afternoon and like sleet fell and froze up. And it's yeah. a little bit of a mess out there at the moment. That's what I was alluding to about if we was doing a face to face podcast tonight it would not have been, a, you
1: know, yeah because
0: no. I'd really much rather be sitting across the podcast table with somebody where I can actually honestly feel personal energy you know this 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 is just the next best thing and it allows me to do it with people who aren't around here so i get to reach out a little bit more and uh talk to people who uh i wouldn't have gotten to have a conversation with if it wouldn't be for this kind of medium
1: yeah i've definitely made a lot of good connections through the internet and online
0: yep yeah that's another thing you hear a lot of people complain about you know but uh uh I find it to be I valuable. Believe,
1: I believe where you put your energy is what you're going to bring into your life. If you complain, you're going to bring stuff that makes you complain.
0: Yep. At a baseline level. I'll say, if you walk into a get a gathering with the, with the thought, this is going to suck. It will.
1: <laughs> that's like how you got up and rushed out the door every day. You knew you had to be in a hurry. That was the intention that you said, as soon as you woke up, you were in a hurry all day.
0: Yep. 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 And that's yep, the that bending reality. I don't have to and in, in uh, reality
1: in had you just walked yourself through that step by step instead of like you know not wake up and spend 30 minutes in the bed but if you had just got up and walked slowly and go, you'd have got it done in time to get to work I'm sure yeah
0: that made just. yep it had the same kind of result yep well I uh really have enjoyed uh getting that's I talk and my listeners hear these same words over and over again but You have not. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I do these podcasts and, uh, you've heard the term same, this is the exact same kind of concept as we're talking about you hear this concept out there called collateral damage, right? Well, what I get into my life today is collateral benefit. And, uh, so the collateral benefit is, is I get to know somebody better, uh, each time and build a a network of like-minded souls that, uh, that I get to connect to and and learn from. And, and uh, uh, so thank you for that today. Uh, I do like to have like a concluding thing. If you've got something you want to talk about before we uh, jump off and I know if you maybe want to talk about your business stuff or if there's any kind of message, sometimes like um, my 12 step message thing, you know, somebody will have a message and this won't, like we'll have something they want to say uh to the newcomer you know somebody's trying to get sober or something i know that's not here but that's just a parallel
1: what comes to mind is the difference in faith and hope you know it takes hope to get to where where you you were at to go to that that program you know it's a hoping that it would work right um but when you have faith and you know without a shadow of a doubt that's when the universe comes to you and or god whoever you want to call it that's when your miracles happen right so after you started healing, you went through your 12 steps and you knew that you were manifesting things in your life, right? That knowing came to you. Newcomers need that knowing. They need that faith, that concrete, I can do this. And that's exactly what you're doing. Really. You're showing people they can do it. You're like, look at her story. Look at her story. Look at her story. And yep. and that's, that's how you're giving people that faith. But that faith is, is that concrete knowing. And that's what they have to have if they want to be better. If you If you can't change your thoughts, you can't change your beliefs, you can't expand your perception and you're not going to grow spiritually at all. Yep.
0: Um,
1: as far as the website, the website is divine truth and magic with a K.com CK it's with the CK divine truth and magic.com. Um, you can look me up on Facebook, Tiffany Powell. Uh, I have like 22,000 followers, probably the only one that does. Um, and then at gmail.com, divine truth and magic at gmail.com if anyone wants to email me.
0: Cool. And we will list those down in the show notes so that people can because capturing all that off the audio is not the easiest thing in the world. But uh, um, we will we'll put that stuff down there and
1: uh, so basically my mission, I have a mission with, with what I'm doing. I'm gonna be a motivational speaker eventually. I'm gonna be a public, a public um, you know, figure. I, I want to help people too. I want to help people come from that place of cutting their wrists and and addiction. And um, I even started a group on Facebook for just for men for sexual healing, so that they could be themselves and talk about what happened to them without being judged by women. Um, to help them, I actually think that that would be a good good place for you to might maybe drop some knowledge if you wanted to. But um, like I'm trying to help people every day. That's what I do. Yep. I work for the universe. I bring people from that dark place to that white place.
0: But That's the same thing me and my tribe are doing. Uh, It was very nice. Trying to to carry light. light. And uh, just uh, our step two says came to believe uh, that this power could restore us to sanity. And, you know, part of that coming to believe is seeing that other people have done so, so that I believe I can too. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, out here uh, beating the drum so that other people that, you know, if they want to, uh, I was like, you know, this is available to everybody. This is available to everybody. Uh, you are not the unique one stuck in the dark that can't come out. You're not. <laughs> uh, so we're
1: all coming from darkness right now. We all are.
0: Yeah, yeah. But well, thank you a ton. I've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll. Uh, I sign off. I sign off saying two different things, every single podcast. And like I said, I keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, one thing I say is, uh, and I've picked them up from other people. If you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. And i like to thank everybody out there listening for uh, allowing Tiffy and I to uh, participate in our recoveries uh, in this manner tonight. Peace out.